Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. And now, here's an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, Indian City. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs. We're on the road, we're leaving now. Gonna find the place they call tomorrow. It's the place we dreamed about If we go, there ain't no doubt They'll follow, they'll follow Suddenly we've come this far I realize there's so much more to this life This life And I believe in you And if you believe in me We're there by daylight me to the stars We can never go too far Too far Take me to the stars Let's find out who we are Who we are I wrote a song with you in mind We can pass the past with you in mind For right now Let's find out who we are 
is Vince Fontaine from his brand new release, and uh, we got Vince on the line right now. Hey, Vince, how you doing? Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing uh, well. I'm doing very well today. Good. Now, this is the first time you've been on our show, and we always like to start things off by giving our fans an opportunity to get to know who you are. So give us the story of Vince Fontaine. Sure. Uh, Well, I'm uh, from Winnipeg, Canada, which, of course, uh, many people say, where's Winnipeg, Canada? Well, geographically, it's the center of North America. uh, But myself, I often refer to it as the center of Turtle Island. And that's kind of from a Native American indigenous perspective. We refer to North America as Turtle Island. And I'm a musician uh, here in Canada and uh, been um, playing around for, I guess, four decades now. And, uh, you know, from uh, the, the 80s and the kind of the rock era and then into the grunge and <clears throat> just kind of <clears throat> took my um, my direction into um, trying to be a little bit more social and political and uh, going back to my roots as a uh, as an indigenous person who wanted to say some things through that lens so I'm uh, primarily a guitar player um, played all styles I you know I've had everything from a Les Paul to a Paul Reed Smith to a Stratocaster, not many Telecasters, but uh, so that would suggest that I've played the blues and I've played rock and uh, top 40. Um, and then, of course, I have a couple of acoustic guitars. And um, as a songwriter, typically the acoustic guitar is the, the primary in- instrument for writing, uh, but it kind of often will go into a little bit of piano and stuff like that. So, yeah, just to give a quick introduction, that's me, Vince Fontaine from Winnipeg, Canada, and um, I've been very fortunate to travel as part of music. In fact, uh, different parts of the U.S., uh, Atlanta, during the 1996 Olympics, I was part of a group there. The Seminole Tribe of Florida sponsored an event for the full duration called Discover Native America, and, um, you know, so different parts throughout the U.S., the New Orleans Jazz Fest, but then a a guest performer not once but twice in 2011 and 2015 and uh, and so a few gigs yeah so nice to be here thank you okay now let's talk a little bit about this current release uh when you put this together what was your goal for this um well i was i was trying to imagine a world that was going to be post-covid um ironically uh today in december of 2021 we're still grappling with uh, the uh, with COVID nineteen and its uh, mutation into different variant variants. And but musically, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to give legs to a, you know a pandemic record. I didn't want to say, oh, it's all about isolation and darkness. And uh, I wanted to kind of imagine uh, things that would be maybe post. Or what did we feel? What did we learn? If anything, what kind of strengths did we get out of? out of uh, the last 22 months, uh, what were some messages and learning that we relearned again or just, you know, something like that. Um, but this particular album, Indian City Code Red, um, which is the title and the band, of course, is Indian City. It actually, uh, Code Red, it's, it's not Code Red the state of health emergency or Code Red the state of climate as they've been um, touting that 
phrase now. I had to think about it, and I thought about it from an indigenous point of view. There are urgencies and emergencies that still exist in our communities, whether it's Native American communities, whether it was um, in, um, you know, Native communities in Canada, housing, running water, clean water, you know, missing and murdered Indigenous women across both sides of the border. Uh, These are the issues that exist for me that are important. So some of them have been touched on, um, but mostly... Like I said, just trying to give a reminder of what I think is important, the foundational base of, of what it is I think that um, might be helpful to us arrive at a better point of inclusion, understanding. Maybe it cuts the great divide a little bit and, and you know, things like that. So there's, I think each of the titles of the songs and the lyrics have a, a bit of a red thread, let's call it a continuity that may bring you from the beginning track to the final track on the album. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about your process as a songwriter. Um, when you sit down to write, what what is it that you do that allows you to tap into the muse? Well, um, yeah, I sometimes um, a song is written off of a music riff. Maybe it's written off of a, you know, like a thesis, like a statement, you know, like you're writing a paper for the university or something. Uh, maybe it's a title of a song. So all of those um, factors come into play when you're writing. Uh, but I find in the morning, uh, you know, I wake up, whatever, 7 o'clock. I wake up, I guess, fairly early for a musician well, who hasn't really traveled on the road for a couple of years. But I wake up fairly early and maybe I'll have a coffee and I just kind of stare out through the window and pick up my guitar and strum or I'll put on a capo and strum and and I'll kind of record these riffs and, and see if anything comes because in a sense, I think creative people, they like to open themselves up to be in that creative process. So it could come from that area as well. And uh so I, I keep track of these little music pieces. I've got, you know, probably uh, maybe 100 or 150 little 30-second pieces on my phone that I kind of, you know, sketched out to save to start some ideas. Uh, but I have to keep in mind um, the first solid statement I decided to say, I'm going to write an album and it's going to be called Code Red. So based on that statement you have to think there has to be some kind of underlying themes that fall under what Code Red might end up saying or being. So you have to think in that in that vein of what you're trying to write. Uh, and then, of course, you have to be true to your, your um, you know, music vocabulary. I'm not going to necessarily go write something that's real, you know, too jazzy or back to the blues or something today. So I had to keep in mind what I was trying to write, whether it's acoustic-based pop, um, but I don't want to go too pop, but I want to have a theme, and I, I like, you know, I still think a great song has often great hooks, you know, sing-along hooks or catchy chorus, so all of those things come into play, and, and that was a process that really carried on for months and months and months, really. Okay. Now, you had mentioned, you know... Um having little ideas in your phone, what are some of the tools that you use as a songwriter? Besides your phone, do you have like a home recording studio or any particular software you like to use? What What are some of you, what's in your tool chest? 
my my best tool chest is uh, one of my uh, best friends, Austin co-writer, co-producer, uh, Christopher Gaffney. He lives, uh, we live in Winnipeg, as I mentioned. Um, so a mere, you know, 15 miles across town. You know, I can, if there's something I really like and we're working on track one, and I said, this is the theme, this is what I'm thinking, uh, and then I'll, you know, shortlist some ideas and I'll send to him. I can easily take a drive over and we can sketch something out. We'll put some drums and bass and maybe click uh, with um, some strings or keys or piano, whatever might come to us at that moment or, or come to me. And uh, we just sketch it out like that. But particularly at my, at my home, no, I just strictly my guitar, piano, my iPhone, record from there. Uh, but I'm constantly, if I'm in songwriting mode, I'm constantly in songwriting mode thinking about what may inspire me, um, uh, everything and everything, I think, uh, becomes that. And, uh, you know, you may have 10 ideas and you're going through them and you have to decide if they're going to make the cut or they're going to advance to the next section of uh, demo or not, right? So, yeah, to sum it up, it's pretty simple. I I just have my phone and my, uh, my guitar and, uh, you know, if I want to... I can already imagine, you know, I'll imagine my thinking as the producing part of it, which can go further, but the simplicity is just my acoustic. Okay. Well, let's talk about that producing part. When you go into the studio and, you know, you take the song into that environment, you know, having that song is is like creating the script, creating the story, but you have to give it to the actors. You have to give it to the director or the producer. And they create the voice. They create the sound that identifies or gives texture to the song itself and, and brings it to life. What do you like to do in that environment in the studio that helps you create your sound? Well, sometimes you're not even sure what your sound is. It just kind of comes, to be honest. I mean, you don't venture out of the, the you know out of the universe or the box completely. But um, typically in a song that I write, you know, we'd like to think there's a hook. We'd like to think there's somewhat of a clever or, you know, story lyric, something that captures. Maybe there's a chorus that's, uh, that kind of will identify <clears throat> with what we're trying to say in the song. But in my mind, there's a toolbox that exists, um, you know, whether it's using, you know, well, first of all, you know, we use the, the typical instruments, right? Bass, drums, guitar, keyboards, you know, different electric guitars. Uh, you know, for example, this album, something I haven't done for years, is I played slide guitar on a couple of tracks, which I hadn't done in, in years. And, you know, I'm, I'm older now. I'm, um, and I'm not in my 40s anymore. I'm, I'm older. I'm late 50s. And, and, so I have a vocabulary of songs I've heard over the years, right? So I said to the producer or my co-producer for producing a song, and I said, you know what? I've got this idea to create an outro with slide guitar. Let's think of Derek and the Dominoes' Layla. And so that just occurred to me, and I said, let's create this riff or this progression, chord progression of acoustic, bass drum, vocals, and I'm going to play some slide. And that, that became the track on the album called Forgiving. And I was very proud of that. And, and it was really hypnotic. Like, it just reminded me of, gee, I would have never thought of this had I not 
you know, growing up listening to all these fabulous tracks from the 70s and 80s and Derek and the Dominoes and Layla, right? So that's just one example of how the producing uh, process just kind of arrives and you just jump on board and you, uh, you know, you, you only have so many tools, right, at your disposal and that's all your musical vocabulary and your, as a guitar player, a lot of the tracks are often featured by two main instruments. It's usually guitar or piano, and those particular two I try and um, come up with the parts. So if I want to have somebody who plays way better than me, I'll bring them in, and which we did on many of the tracks. We brought in different session players to come in. Well, people I knew, and I knew what they could do, and I said, I want this really hotshot bass player on the song Code Red. I'm thinking I want them to be, you know, kind of like uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers or something, right? So anyways, it's, uh, just all those little tools come to mind. Okay. Now, let's talk a little bit about um, getting it out there. Now, you're working with Sarah French uh, from uh, Sarah yeah. French Publicity. Tell me a little bit about that relationship. Well, I was introduced to Sarah just recently, a couple months ago, by my... Uh, um, person who's taking the lead in Canada on the domestic marketing. Uh, Rick Fenton is a longtime friend of mine for 20 years. He's an industry person, a small label. And I said, we need to touch these areas. We need to target them. And so that's how it came out to be with Sarah. And uh, he said, I got the perfect person for you. And uh, you're going to be very pleased. And so we had a few conversations and uh, a few ideas of what we were looking at. And uh, when she crafted up the um, the uh, press release, I was very happy with it, and uh, we made a couple of tweaks. And uh, so, yeah, that's a, that's as far as my relationship with Sarah goes. I'm really pleased with what she's done to date. And uh, hats off to Sarah. And she, uh, every time I talk to her, she's a wonderful person, and uh, I look forward to uh, more conversations and in persons with her. Okay, now let's let's talk a little bit about the music industry. Um, you know, um, putting a record together is an expensive proposition. We all know that. Going into the studio is not cheap. Hiring a publicist is not cheap. Uh, but now we're faced with a consumer that doesn't even look at the recorded music that we produce as a product to purchase anymore. It's now a service. It's available free They or, or for a very nominal fee. Um, and, and basically, you know, it's a completely different mindset than they're used to, you know, that we are used to back in the day. How has yeah. this shift in perception of recorded music affected you as an artist? Well, you know, um, as an independent artist, I'm not an expert in the upper echelons of the industry. <laughs> I'll concede that right off the top. I think we all aspire to wonder how a song becomes in the top 10 on, uh, you know, Alt Nation or, you know, all the, the top stations across the nation. Always that mystery. But I think we all aspire to every product we put out, we feel confident and go, hey, this is a great album or best to date or something. Um, but the typical revenue demand or streams that get created for an artist whether it's you know hey I heard about your band I heard the song on the radio or I saw a video uh, you know how can we book your band example number one um, we still will get calls for live bookings which is 
for me anyways over the years has traditionally been the number one revenue source uh, for us you know as an independent artist we only have to do so many shows a year I don't have to go on the road for 150 200 shows a year I like my life the way it is I'll, I'll do 100 shows or whatever it is I can do whatever I like to do I'll do that or if we if somebody asks us to go internationally to tour or shows we can decide whether we want to or not um, the one area that I would want to expand back at it is, you know, the licensing and getting our product to different supervisors across the country and, you know, whatever best way to do that. I've got some small people I've worked with over the years, and I, I often go to Los Angeles to Muse Expo in, in the spring, and uh, people like Sat Bisla, who runs uh, Muse Expo, is very um, generous uh, with, you know, introductions for us. Um, so, you know, and I, I don't really, to be honest, understand the whole streaming as much as I should. I know I look and I go, hey, we can get our stuff on YouTube or Spotify or Apple or uh, some, of the, some of the platforms you had mentioned. <clears throat> and these are the areas that we need to expand. And, and with this product, I, I believe that, you know, we want to jump up the ladder and uh, just expand all that. and. and and add to our growing team who's helping to push this particular album for 2022 as we arrive. Okay. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, as the pandemic hit a couple of years ago, uh, a lot of artists went and they really invested into doing live streams, into creating music videos, into creating content and working yeah. their social media. And it's kind of, you know, uh, shifted the product moniker from the music itself to the brand that the brand now is what you sell it is what you you are trying to get your fan base to invest in how are you negotiating this new world of of content creation well sure i still think it's all about the branding and the marketing at the time of it but i think all the artists know and believe to, to date they want to play live. We want to play live, and and we look to the top artists that are that are touring at every level. And uh, when when things started to open up in the summer for live performance again, and some of the top acts were playing, you know, concert venues or soft seaters, whether it was Foo Fighters, and you're watching them uh, on tour, and you're thinking, okay, we're going to go back to music 101 uh, of live performance. So, you know, I, I may not be answering your question direct uh, because I still think live to create the demand for live is, is still number one for us because you know you can have um, how many followers or views on streaming and that but we've done streaming and conscious they're not half as fun as it is live and, oh and no it's never going to take live. its place yeah. but I think this whole thing of content creation uh, if you think about it, I mean, let's let's look at it logically. You know as well as I do, you know, if you're out there performing, live music had its issues before the pandemic. You know, you would go to sure. these gigs and, you know, you'd get into the gig, you'd set up, there'd be 10, 15 people there, and half of them yeah. were blood relatives, and everybody's <laughs> watching the television screen. And, you know, so yeah. we knew we had issues. And what happened, I think, with the pandemic is that there was a whole potential fan base 
that really never had this frame of reference of going to an intimate venue and watching musicians create music in the moment. They would go to these stadium shows and they would see the the artists um, perform music that sounded exactly like the recording. The excitement was generated by lights, choreography, costume changes, you know, all of that. But it's a different experience to see that music in the moment kind of experience. And by doing these live streams, you're exposing this whole new world of how to listen and experience music to a fan base that didn't have that frame of reference. You know, I'm an old guy. I grew up going to see live bands, you know, in the 60s and 70s. You know, to me, that was my frame of reference to going, you know, to, to experiencing music was that improvisation that that you know that once you heard that song that night it would never be exactly the same again it was always evolving and changing so each night was a different experience and i think now it's you know a lot of what social media gives to us is the ability to create this reality show mentality around our brands that when yeah that is very true you're absolutely right sure you know and when that fan base that never would have gone into a club to see you goes past Mm -hmm. that marquee and sees your name and they say wow i know that guy on facebook or instagram or tiktok or whatever they just may just turn into the parking lot and buy a ticket and come and see you in person you know what i mean yeah yeah, no, you're right. So all of those things, but you know, here's where you here's where you need to expand your team, your your social media content person, you know, your everybody who's doing marketing in different levels. You're absolutely right. Uh, so I usually do come up with some creative, you know, some creative kind of um, little campaigns that we do, whatever it is, the branding, uh, you know, on some of our social tiles that we create and. Uh, try and keep somewhat active uh, on what we're trying to do, but we we don't really tour as much, uh, well, we haven't, of course, that, um, so we don't have the opportunity we haven't had for a complete new audience as of yet to share that, so we're kind of limited to trying to, you know, cast a, you know, a kind of a fishing rod in the net there out there and see if anybody catches this or that, but then again, here we are, you and I are talking, Right. And people like Sarah, who have the reach further than, than I do, that, you know, people like that can help push that. So little things like that uh, are always that we're trying to work at. Yeah, definitely. Now, you know, I really yeah. appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us. Uh, and we're going to give everyone out there a double shot from your new release. And uh, you guys Great. are going to love this. You know, turn it up loud. Open the windows. Screw the neighbors. We're going to have some fun. <laughs> sure. War is over We gotta start listening To all the words we're saying here Not just the ones we wanna hear We find ourselves in nowhere So many pieces missing here We can put them back together If we think about forever now 
like yours, I pray my eyes Your darkness behind the light of my shade The oceans and streams bring us together An emotional dream holding hands forever I wanna be wisdom, truth, respect and
Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Make you shout now, honey. 